All right, everybody. Hail and welcome back to another podcast episode here on Midgard Musings. I'm your host. My name is Jesse, and I want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, i got a couple of things I want to go over before we get into the subject matter um, for the episode today, um, which is going to be a real fun one, I think. You guys are going to like it. I want to talk a bit about, uh, just a little bit anyways, uh, of the historical accuracy of heathen uh, holidays um, and, and, and how some of the more modern or common views or approaches of you know celebrating these holy tides um, have a bit of uh, you know, th- th- there's some conflicting uh, information that what people think is accurate to hi- historical times versus what actually is okay um, so that's going to be the subject for today's um, episode. Um, but before we get into it, I do want to address a few things. Um, first of all, um, this is probably going to be the last episode on the podcast platform for at least a little while. Um, the reason for that is because um, I've recently stepped into a new role at my job and it's uh, requiring me to um, change my schedule, change my you know, approach to things, and it's uh, it's 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 an adjustment period, okay. And so I'm I'm stepping into new roles, uh, having new positions. It is a bit of a leadership position, and um, you know, due to that, uh, I've got a lot of adjusting to do. So trying to juggle the new job position um, along with just the regular everyday to day normal life stuff outside of my work um, is causing me to really focus more on my career. Um, so a lot of the extracurricular stuff that I do for Midgard Musings is, um, you know, really taking a step back in the grand scheme of things. The YouTube channel um, is, is going to continue to put out content. I'm going to continue to put out content on the regular days that I do that, uh, which is once a week, uh, Sunday nights or Monday mornings, depending on how things go there. Um, and then on the Facebook page, I do the live streams on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So I just want to let all my listeners know that I'm not going away um, 100%, but I am just, you know, taking a step back um, and really focusing on things that mean most to me and my hearth, um, you know, building my career and stepping into this new role and really finding my my place there. Um, Once things calm down, hopefully I'll be able to resume more regular podcasts. There may be a few odd and end ones that come out here regularly, but um, I just want to let you guys know that if you don't hear from me once a week on Wednesday mornings like you're used to, um, that that's the reason why. Um, but like I said, I'm not going anywhere. You go to facebook.com slash musings. You go to youtube.com slash musings. Check all my stuff out there, um, and I will be there on, on a semi-regular basis. Like I said, the videos go up once a week um sunday nights or or early early monday mornings and uh so i I am just going to be still doing that so no need to be alarmed everything's good everything's great actually um but i do just need to make sure that my focus is where it should be um on my career path so um that being said i do ask everybody to please continue to support uh midgard musings in any way that you can um this podcast does get distributed on multiple platforms so if you continue listening even if you're listening to some of the other stuff that i've already done kind of uh 
playing some reruns or, or, or just if you want to call it that just re-listening sharing them around with your heathen or heathen curious folks anybody that may be interested in learning learning more about some of the you know facts about norse heathenry instead of just what they may have you know heard or picked up from uh facebook groups or some folks that may not be 100 percent into it um i try to be as open and, and, and as accurate as possible of course still um stating that there are some things that are definitely my own upg when and as that applies um my own verified personal gnosis my you know the way i see the world kind of thing uh, but i do try to aim especially on this podcast platform to uh first of all deliver the you know some of the historical and and, and accurate things that we know for sure that um make up you know heathenry um and, and how it's being uh trying to be anyway um preserved today uh, for many different aspects so again listening to the podcast do help um keep things relevant for the podcast streaming service to get out on all the platforms subscribing to the youtube channel is another big one i say it all the time uh, please subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already if you just go to youtube you're not sure just search in the in youtube just search midgard musings you'll see um it's gonna be one of the first things if not the first thing that comes up trying to get to 2,000 subscribers by the first of the year 2020 um so we do need at least three new subscribers everybody here that listens and all the like i think it's nine or ten countries now that this podcast is, is distributed on everybody's support is appreciated even if you don't really go to youtube a whole lot just click that subscribe button um and if you are pretty active and you, do, and you like what i do uh clicking that bell notification does notify you when i upload new content there's also um, donations that um i'm happy to accept and thankful for through paypal patreon is another great way to support the channel um and there's other monetary ways there's there's merchandise through teespring and redbubble all of that information is in the, the video description section of my youtube channel so if you click on a video and go down into the description you'll see a link that uh, says click here to support midgard musings and then it'll take you to all of the associated links that uh you can check out so please take some time and check all that out it doesn't cost you anything to do so and if there's anything there that you see that is uh, a, a way that you want to support the channel um, it's definitely appreciated so now that we've got all that fun stuff out of the way i'm going to take a quick break and then come back and get into some um, really some bullet points about uh, the historical accuracy of of heathenry um, of holidays um, when and they were observed not so much the how they were observed but in terms of the when all right so get yourself comfortable and i will be back to continue this podcast here in the next minute or two i'll talk to you guys soon hey folks Thanks for listening to the podcast. I've got something really neat I want to share with you guys. Um, if you are looking to engage with someone uh, who is into holistic crystal energy healing, um, they are an herbalist, aromatherapist, tarot reader, Reiki master, magical worker, things like that. I want you guys to check out uh, Stephanie over at Mystic Moon Tree based out of Georgetown, California. All right, you can check her website out, www.mysticmoontree.com. 
Uh, she is available for in-person and online video chat sessions by appointment only. Right. In addition to the holistic crystal energy workings and things like that, she sells uh, metaphysical and magical supplies, herbal remedies, teas, lotions, soaps, candles, uh, different spells, potions, whole herbs. Um, she also offers the actual spiritual healing sessions, readings, magic lessons. Um, if you are in her area and she can uh, work it out to come to you. She'll do home cleansing and protection, amongst other things. All of her information is on the website. Check out mysticmoontree.com. Get in touch with Stephanie over there and see how she can help you in areas such as this. So thank you guys for listening. Let's get back to the podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, real quick, I just wanted to uh, call some attention to a great YouTube channel that I think you all should check out. Uh, he's a friend of mine, a fellow heathen. He's the Godi of the Hridgar folk out there in East Texas, United States. And his name is Eric Wordweaver Shervin. Uh, and his YouTube channel is called The Raven's Call. Um, if you go to YouTube and just search The Raven's Call and the YouTube search, you'll find his channel. He does weekly videos usually uploads I believe on Wednesday really early Wednesday morning uh, central time I think his videos typically go up like 4 a.m. central time so they're up really early in the day in the middle of the week great content um, really neat approach to, to heathenry he's got a, a great um, I think a great view um, for not just you know heathens coming into this path new um, but also folks that have kind of been treading this path for a while and maybe uh, learning things as they go and, and Eric's a great source to learn things from I know I've learned a lot so I definitely encourage everybody that's listening here on the podcast to take a moment and go check out Eric's channel again that's The Raven's Call uh, he also does some neat uh, media reviews on that channel um, uploaded on a different schedule I think he calls that the uh, Raving Ravens Reviews uh, it's pretty fun stuff he does like uh, reviews on video games movies uh comics uh, basically i think video uh, uh, any kind of media really um so that he just started that but anyways really great channel really awesome guy um i've had uh the pleasure of collaborating with him a bit so please go ahead and check out eric's channel appreciate your guys support let's get back to the podcast all right Welcome back, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me back again um, for this uh, little bit of a discussion about just some of the the points that maybe get uh, overlooked or misrepresented in terms of when uh, historical heathenry was observed. All right. So what we're looking at is the fact that a lot of folks nowadays getting into heathenry um, 
are you know excited about it i may have talked about this in either another podcast episode or in one of my youtube videos some of those things kind of mingle or cross over a bit so i may be repeating myself a little bit here but um one of the things that i notice a lot of uh <clears throat> newer heathens kind of get into um when they're discovering this path is um you know uh when to, when to uh observe certain holidays what holidays to observe um that sort of thing and what you'll find is a lot of folks might just jump onto the internet type in a google search for you know uh, osetru holidays or heathen holidays and the large uh majority of what you're going to find when you google something like that is this kind of wheel symbol um with various points marked that indicate um certain holidays that are celebrated it's usually about eight different holidays um that are marked along there you're going to see stuff like yule uh you're going to see stuff like walpurgis nacht you're going to see stuff like winter nights ostara um you know midsummer all these types of things you're going to see along this and then other ones as well right um so what we see when we're looking at that is we're actually not seeing a historical accurate uh, or historically accurate heathen germanic heathen now specifically and we're not seeing a historically accurate germanic heathen um calendar if you want to call it such it's not it's not anything that's of germanic paganism accuracy right what we're seeing is a model of based on the uh solar calendar of of celtic and gaelic paganism um and it's and it's become what what we receive referred to as the wiccan wheel of the year all right now this kind of came into the whole norse heathenry or germanic heathenry uh window somewhere in the 70s the 1970s um and again again the the wiccan wheel of the year is based off of the solar calendar that um comes around from celtic and and gaelic pagan areas right so even though that the celts and the, and the gaels didn't uh you know or, or any of those people didn't know or venerate the asir or the norse gods we still see that this model this this wiccan wheel is adopted or 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 used for a lot of these newer uh heathens or also true um you know uh people of interest that want to follow that path um the the most uh modern accepted Osage review the, the the more modern uh idea of of certain holy days is that there are three or four um of them throughout the year there's not a total of eight that you see on the wiccan wheel of the year and the other thing that we see is that in the wiccan wheel of the year that is based off of this celtic and, and gaelic pagans um which are solstice and equinox based that um you know historical heathenry didn't like the historical norse folk and the, the, the norse heathens uh, from scandinavia and whatnot they did not observe their holy tides or their or their timekeeping they didn't have a calendar that was based off of solstices or 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 equinoxes okay they were uh lunar based all right um so what we're going to go into um now a little bit is the fact that there are really three historical 
heathen calendars from between the 8th, well, actually from uh, the 8th, 9th, and 10th centuries. Um, and these historical heathen calendars show that full moons after solstices and equinox marked um, beginnings uh, or marked uh, month cycles, okay? So the... Uh, the, these these calendars uh, there's there's specifically there's one um, recorded by the Icelandic Althing around 930 AD that um, it, it lists 12 lunar months um, and and it's interesting to note that the you know the Germanic word manoth um, um, and then there's a couple other words um, from like uh, I believe it's uh, like uh, Manuth, Manuth, uh is the Old Norse word. Anyway, it meant cycle of the moon. Um, so the word moon is, is in our English, uh, modern English, is definitely related to the word month. And, and as you know, there are um, from, from one full moon to another full moon, even in today's reckoning. And, and by looking at the calendars, when full moons, there's, you know, a month cycle, 30 day cycle to happen between the full moon so it makes sense that uh this is how our uh, ancient norse ancestors would um record time or or keep track of things so um when we come back after this other after this uh one more brief uh break from uh, commercial break um i'm going to talk about the three um major germanic holidays for for norse germanic paganism okay i'm not going to be going into any of the anglo-saxon or or other saxon uh types of holidays that that get 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 observed um we're going to be talking mainly just about the the three big uh germanic norse germanic holidays um the ones that i tend to want to focus on myself personally now um when we come back we're going to talk about that we're also going to talk about some other things that get into outside of the historical realms and into the more you know personal uh, UPG type stuff so um, we'll be back after another short break hope you guys stick around talk to you here in a little while hey everyone thanks for listening to the podcast thus far I just wanted to draw your attention to a really cool website that uh, I've come across and uh, follow on Facebook and really cool stuff for your altar needs, anything that you need to decorate your altar with, specifically uh, wood carvings of uh, gods and goddesses. Um, And I'm talking about Odin's Beard Woodworking, okay? If you go to www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com, check out all the really cool altar pieces that they have. Not only do they have larger altar pieces that you can keep on your altar at home but uh they also offer really convenient cool pocket altars things that you can take with you as and when you travel all right uh you can find them on facebook odin's beard woodworking uh and go to wood odin's beard woodworking.com uh really great stuff they're doing wonderful things um serving the uh, heathen community providing really awesome work i myself have a thor uh, altar piece. It's a Thor pocket altar, um, and he sits on my altar at all times. But he also goes with me when and as I travel uh, great distances. So definitely check them out. 
um, on Facebook, Odin's Beard Woodworking, and go to their website, www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com, and get you something to help accentuate your altar today. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the podcast thus far. Real quick, I just wanted to call your attention to a really cool leather working company that I've come across in my perusings and travelings on the internet. I'm talking about R&R Leatherworks, and that's R ampersand R Leatherworks. Okay, this this company is a they they make hand tooled, stamped, and laser engraved personal items. Uh, these items include things such as wristbands, belt pouches, arm guards, uh, neck pendants, uh, key fobs, hair keeps, and other items. Uh, their aesthetic includes things of a Celtic, <clears throat> Nordic, uh, even African American, Aztec, Native American, etc. Uh, symbols. Um, and they have a really nice array of products. I encourage you guys to go check them out on Facebook. Um, just if you go into the Facebook search, type in R and then add the ampersand symbol R Leatherworks. I think there's a space in between the two R's. So you want to do R space ampersand space R Leatherworks. Uh, put that in the Facebook search. They don't have a face uh, website to check out, but you definitely check them out on Facebook. Um, you can also uh, reach them through their email address, which is rvarga8, that's R-V-A-R-G-A, the number 8, at gmail.com. Uh, you can also reach out to them through uh, phone contacts, which their number is 307-631-6230. Okay, they are based out of the United States, so most of their shipping and business consists of servicing folks within the United States domestic areas. However, I do know that they will consider providing products internationally. There's just some extra shipping in, in, you know, incurred um, on their products for the international shipment. So reach out to them on Facebook. Uh, email them at rvarga8 at gmail.com and give them a call at 307 631 6230 for any of your leather working needs. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, folks, welcome back. Thanks for listening to that uh, brief commercial break. Hope you guys have checked out everything that I've talked about during the commercials thus far. Really worth your while checking out some of these heathen businesses and, uh, uh, artisans that are out there, um, YouTube channel, anything that you may have heard during the commercial break. So please check all those out at your convenience. Uh, it's really appreciated. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about really just the three major um, Norse holy tides or, or Norse holidays that we know that are of that are documented in historical sources that show of or indicate um, kind of the winds. You know, roughly what time uh, we're looking at, the time frames of, of what we're looking at here, okay? Um, there, again, there are three major Norse holy tides, nor, uh, bloats, whatever you want to call them. Um, and they are, we, we find them in, uh, in context of uh, the Inglinga saga, as well as some other references. And they were done publicly. At Uppsala, in Sweden. All right, so let me uh, 
adjust my mic here. Sorry about that. The um, the, the the public uh, events that were held, the public bloats that were held. This is why we know that they existed and why they were important because they were they were a public thing. Again, what other smaller ones that maybe weren't documented that may have existed, we can't say for sure because we don't have that documented. We don't have it. We don't have nothing to go by. Um, so the first one that we know of, uh, and these aren't necessarily going in specific order. Um, but we're going to talk about Disablot or the uh, Winter Nights. So this is attested to in the uh, Viga Glooms saga. And um, in, in Old Norse, Winter Nights is uh, Vetornator. And it comes around the onset of winter. It was a specific time of year um, in medieval Scandinavia. And it referred to the, quote, three days which begin the winter season. Um, and from a historical aspect, um, we see that it usually uh, fell around the late October-ish uh, time frame in the uh, Haust uh month. And it would be around, uh, you know, uh, it would be on whatever, full, whatever date that full moon would fall on. Um, whatever time that full moon would fall, would fall on. So, again, we're not seeing an example of a specific solar date for these holidays and in the, in these bloats to be held. They were strictly based on when the uh, moon's cycle uh, would go. So you can we can we can safely surmise that, um, for instance, Disaplot uh, would be held on the winter night full moon of that Hausmandur uh, month. And it wouldn't be on the same date, solar date, every year because the lunar cycles obviously change a bit, right? Full moon doesn't ever fall on the same day, maybe a day or two different uh, every year. Uh, next one that we are often familiar, uh, we are all quite familiar with, I think, is Yule, um, or and it would be uh, and it would fall around midwinter. All right, so in the Heimskringla saga of Hakon the Good. Um, which is documented somewhere around 1230 AD. Uh, we read the following that it says, quote, the first night of Yule was Hokanyot, that, that is midwinter night, and Yule was held for three nights. Now, the context of Hokan the Good in this section of that saga is that Hokan is trying to force the native heathen uh, community population into Christianity, right? And so he he moved Yule to the same date as the uh, as Christmas, which was then held on the solstice of the Julian calendar, um, which is December twenty fifth, and is even still held to this day. So um, pre Christian Yule was traditionally a three day long holiday that started on a full moon, uh, and again not on a fixed solar date. Um, midwinter, um, you know, means three full moons after the full moon that began winter. So, so three full moons after the beginning of winter nights, Veternator, right? Um, and then also it would be three full moons before the full moon that begins summer. So we're right in the middle. That's why we. That's why it's it's midwinter. It was not halfway between equinoxes on a day called the solstice, right? 
Um, that's, 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 that's an entirely uh, Celtic Gaelic pagan thing that is used by Wiccans and the Wiccanization, <laughs> as we might want to call it, of uh, Norse Germanic paganism. Uh, that's where it has kind of bled over. So for those that are interested in, in maybe following a more historically accurate time frame of when to observe Yule, um, the Yule Mondor is uh, January-ish, okay? And the Yule Bloat uh, is on the full moon. Again, three full moons after the onset of, of winter nights. Um, so you can look uh, at your calendars today uh, for this year and see where the full moon lands um, in October. And then three full moons after that would be uh, on that third full moon would be when you would, if you want to, to observe a historical approach to Yule, um, you would start to celebrate it, you know, then. All right. Um, now, thirdly, the... And this one is probably the biggest, most important sacrifice, most important uh, bloat out of them all, out of Disa Bloat and Yule. The third that I'm mentioning now uh, comes as the highest and most highly regarded. And that is Sigur Bloat, which is the start of summer. And Sigur Bloat is, um, it is a victory bloat. It is... Uh, Sacrifices were given for victory because of the coming raiding season and, and war season that is that was indicative and typical um, for the Norse population during the summer months. Okay. Now in Heimskringla's uh, Heimskringla Olaf Saga Helga seventy seven, we read that in Sweden there was an age old custom whilst they were still uh, heathen that they that there should be a bloat in Uppsala during Goa moon we'll get into that here in a minute then they would bloat for peace and victory for their king people from all over sweden were to resort there now um it, it's worth noting that all of the germanic people all of the germanic heathens um in scandinavia would venerate the same full moon at, at, as the start of uh, of summer okay it may be called different things but it was the same thing so like you know the, the germanic pagans in scandinavia would call it sigurbloat um, this, the English uh, Frisians or Franks uh, would call it Eastor. So Eastor is the Saxon um, version of that, and where, that's where uh, or that's where you get Ostar from. That's the it's it's a Saxon thing. Okay, um, and and it's also where the the Christians uh, get their Easter uh, thing from too as well. All right, so there there are uh, those three major. Oh yeah, so the Goa moon. Let me let me back up a minute. Um, if you're wondering when where the Goa moon or Goa month um, would be, that that that's going to fall somewhere's uh, in the Aprilish time frame again, pending the lunar calendar. Um, and Sigurblot was uh, held on the full moon of the Goa month. So that's quite often why you will see somewhere on about or around the full moon of april when a lot of uh, germanic pagans will tend to observe their uh either uh Iastor or their uh Sigurdlot. so um that pretty much covers three major 
uh, Norse bloats, holy tides, that sort of thing. Now, as we wrap up this 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 section um, of the of the podcast and wrap up this episode, I do want to point out that, like I mentioned earlier, you know, this is all historical stuff. Maybe you're not trying to take this hardcore recon approach. Maybe you're not trying to take this as a, you know, follow it by the book, you know, kind of approach. Maybe you're still trying to figure out where you fit in this grand scheme of things when it comes to heathenry as a whole, trying to figure out which path you're trying to follow. Um, maybe you've already started some traditions of your own among your hearth, among your family, among your friends, that the people that you share um, and build frith with, okay? Um, so maybe you guys celebrate your Yule uh, a month earlier than the historical, uh, you know, attestation att- that, that is historically attested to in the sources. Maybe you do it around the, you know, the traditional Christmas time of year, towards the end of the month. Maybe you do twelve nights of Yule. Maybe you do, you know, uh, you know, your your midsummer thing later on in the year. Whatever it may be. Maybe you call it something different. Um, what we're getting to at that point is um, individual cultic practices, but more than that, tribal. Um, practices, tribal traditions, things that have become a tradition uh, for not just you, but for your tribe and for your collective and your group of people. That is very important. That is almost, I believe, it's as, it's as or more important, actually, than just trying to live it up from a historical element. Yes, there are things about the way it was done uh, or when it was done that can, you know, uh, continue the luck that was established back then by doing so continue it on but again we are modern heathens and we are we are building and we are continuing our own uh, traditions um, so if you have traditions now that you know fall out a bit outside of the historical realm you shouldn't feel bad about that and you shouldn't be made to feel like you're being a bad heathen or you're doing it wrong okay um, really what it comes down to at that point is is have you found uh, a, a tradition that works for you and your in the collective of folks that you gather with and, and you know uh, exchange weird with and tie weird with and are those traditions are those things building the luck of your of your tribe and 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 the, of the people in it and if they are and if it is something that is beneficial continue to do so build on those traditions continue that you know that that process because when you are gone and and when the traditions that you engage in they they won't be gone they will continue to live on this is why we have so many things nowadays that we learn from those that have gone on before us those traditions were passed down and they were handed down don't be ashamed of adding your own spin on things don't be ashamed of doing it a way that doesn't necessarily fit the book uh, or the letter of the law or anything like that. There's no real, you know, reason for you to to do that just for the sake of doing it. If that's what you want to do, if that's the path that you want to follow and that's where you kind of want to build on your traditions from, then that's fine. By all means, continue to, you know, do it that way. Um, but if you started something, you know, and if you have something that you've started and now you're learning about you know this part of things and you're going oh man i've been doing it wrong this whole time that's not what i'm getting at and that's not what i'm trying to say 
you continue to do you. Not my haul, not my call. Big nod over here from Middle Tennessee out to East Texas to uh, Eric Sherwin for that wonderful phrase that you will hear on his YouTube channel all the time. Not my haul, not my call. If it works for you, it works for your tribe, guys, keep it up. Rock it, okay? Um, that is where heathenry really shines is, is when tradition is 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 cultivated um, from from ancient aspects and also from things that you're trying to uh, you know nurture and grow today and in modern times all right so anyways folks i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did feel free to um, leave any feedback that you can you can favorite this episode on any of the podcast platforms that you're uh, streaming or listening to this on Check me out on uh, YouTube and uh, give the videos there a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. Click the bell notifications. Find me on Facebook. You can like and follow the page. Join me every Sunday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time for live streams. Come and join in the live discussion. Let me know where you're from. I love to see and hear from new people um, in all of my videos and in in, in all the stuff that I do. Uh, Let me know if you've listened to my podcast before. Uh, just you know, give me some feedback. And if you don't do any of those things, and you still want to reach out to me, you can always email me um, at midgardmusingstn at gmail.com, and I will do my very best to get back in touch with you um, or respond to you in a timely fashion. Again, with everything that I have going on, it may take me a day or two um, to get back, but I have not ignored you. Um, I will get back to you at my earliest convenience. Um, so thank you all again for your continued support. Again, bear in mind that these podcasts may not be as regular and they certainly won't be every week like you may be used to. Um, but just, you know, respect that the fact that I've got a lot going on in my life right now that I have to focus on and I'm trying to keep my priorities straight. So thank you all again for listening today and for your continued and ongoing support with Midgar Musings, however you choose to do so. Hail, may your ancestors smile with you or, or smile on you and may the gods continue to walk with you. Thanks, everybody.